Welcome to the BridgeWatch Podcast, bringing you up to speed on all things innovation in the shipbuilding and marine industry. My name is William and my job is to provide shipbuilders with innovative tools to increase their productivity. My name is Winston. I'm the co-host along with William and I've been in the marine industry for 26 years. Teach naval architecture at the Marine Institute in St. John's, Newfoundland. And I do marine consulting work, helping companies build better ships faster. And I'm really looking forward to talking to you guys. This episode of Bridgewatch is brought to you by Enelf Marine, providing shipbuilding software and expert advice to enhance your value stream. Whether you're a shipbuilder, ship owner, or designer, give your team a competitive advantage. Visit enelfmarine.com and let us help you build better ships faster. All right. So for our first podcast, we wanted to talk about a very important subject to us relating to the relationship between ship owners and shipbuilders. And there's a lot of stakeholders in shipbuilding. So it's a struggle to meet ship owners expectation because of the amount of rework. But there's a solution. We can leverage our 3D model. Exactly. Yeah. So this is the uh, the subject we want to bring today, and it's very interesting. Uh, and with technology, uh, there's a lot of things to unpack here. But let's start with the problem itself, right? So it's the struggle to meet ship owners' expectation. Why is that? And I'm going to ask you, Winston. You're an engineer, so engineer expect to produce drawings early in the design process that's the expectation that's coming from either the shipyard ship owners depending which stakeholder you are but yeah um for you winston um with your experience as an aval architect can you describe how releasing production drawing early in the design phase affected your decision as an engineering manager yeah, absolutely. Well, well, you know, the the issue here is everybody's always in a hurry all the time, right? So so th- and, and yeah. the, the ship owner's expectation is I want it done yesterday. And right. that that kind of waterfalls or ripples down into the production shop floor and engineering and everywhere else where everything needs to be done right now, you know, this moment, right? And so you're absolutely right where even when the design isn't complete, you're expected to start building and and uh, and you know releasing drawings that aren't really finished. I mean, they're they're finished to the point that the actual 2D drawing might be finished. Yeah, fine. Yeah. But the actual design itself isn't fully baked in. So what what I found was is that a lot of things had because they were incomplete. We'd have revision clouds around everything saying. You know, if there's anything in a revision cloud, don't build that, you know, because we're not sure yet. And yeah. you can build these pieces that are finished. And it was honestly, um, we were trying to guess as much as possible. And I, and I think that, that that's a bit on the, you know, that's wrong, if, if you ask me. And so I, I like to yeah. think of it as, you know, building a puzzle with no guidance, right? So you were trying to put a right. puzzle together with no no puzzle cover, so you don't know what the picture looks like, yet you're, you're expected to assemble this complex puzzle. And what makes it even worse is all the, all the colors... All the all the puzzle pieces are the same color. <laughs> you know what I mean. So, so yeah. it's 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 kind of a juggle 
uh, trying to uh, trying to sort that out. Yeah, for sure. Huh. Interesting. And so you're producing these drawings very early in the design process, but at the end of the day, in order to meet the ship owner's expectation, these 2D drawings they must be accurate, right? Well, again, that that's that's part part of the problem, really, isn't it? So, so if, if we could just take a second and, and look at what the difference is between precise and and accurate, the, the differences <laughs> between precision and accuracy. Uh, you know, we can have our, our drawings relatively precise to to a point. Uh, you know, we can have dimensions on the drawings that are to the fourth, fifth decimal place, even. You know what I mean? But um, the, the thing is, is that the, the, the design is, isn't accurate. It's not complete, right? So, so the stuff on the shop floor doesn't necessarily reflect what the, what the design is going to look like two months from now or three months from now. So it's, it's an issue from that point of view. But also, if we were to look at just the deliverables themselves, the 2D drawings, uh, yep. you know, there's, there's an issue with accuracy with, with drawings anyway, if we were to pick on the, the, the medium that, that we're used to using, which is paper, of course. And of course yep. we have issues with, uh, you know, line weights, errors. I mean, I think it was you that was telling me the other day a story about uh, you. One of your colleagues saw somebody on the shop floor with a with a scale rule measuring off a, a, a drawing. Yeah, right. And you know that's well and good if you're in a conference room and you need kind of ballpark dimensions. But if you're trying to measure something precisely off a drawing. It's a problem because even the thickness of the line weights, you know, means that there's a a pretty significant margin of error uh, built right into the drawings because you can't get your, so so where do you put the the edges of your scale rule? You know, so so there's all kinds of issues uh, and and then there's errors in the drawings themselves. And like I said before, there's there's big revision clouds where we say, you know, don't build anything in here because we're not quite sure yet. So, I mean, it's all a bit of a, uh, you know, building early before the design is complete is always always an issue issue but what exacerbates it of course is the fact that we're dealing again with 2d drawings on the shop floor that are produced way before they should be they're on the shop floor before they should be yeah yeah and in terms of having that these drawings precise slash accurate um it it can have a lot of pressure on the shop floor itself so i was speaking with uh, some of my customer uh, one of my customer last weekend they were saying that they actually have an Avis work model on a computer, on a workstation. That is, they have a workstation on every corner of the shop floor and okay. the supervisor are managing that. So if someone on the shop floor have issue understanding 2D drawings, they go back there. So that's, they have kind of a, a way to limit requests for information to go to the engineering department. So that's yeah. good, but... There's yeah. still some issues that needs, even with the 3D model, there's some misunderstanding. So, yes, we're moving to how to leverage the 3D model, but we're kind of not there yet to be able to find all the information in only a Naviswork model for a bunch of reasons. Metadata, standardization, like I was saying. Yep. And if that is not understood, it means that probably the engineering department in the case of my customer, we're not able to understand it. So they needed to send it back to the design agent. So there's a lot of stakeholder for an information that is missing on the shop floor, um, which again means the importance of 
having a 2D drawings accurate, but at the end of the day, we're building a 3D model and then we're building a 2D drawings from it. So there's too much step. Uh, Agreed, yeah. yeah. And too much stakeholder in order to be able to to manage all that together. Yeah, you so. bet. And if, if I could just for a second go back to your original question about just, you know, dealing with issues of, of having stuff on the shop floor uh, early with revision clouds and stuff. I mean, talk about RFI. It was constant. There was constant. There was a constant stream of people from the shop floor to engineering, and it was a constant flow, right? And one of the things about uh, the, the 2D drawings too, like paper drawings, is, is that they're really dead ends in, in a way in that, you know, there's no, there's no feedback loop built into to the system. I think it's great that uh, that, that your customer has a, has a Navisworks model, but even those, like you said, are, are limited in in scope. But I, but I think that uh, it, it makes me kind of wish now that I you know I had had something on the shop floor back then as well, so that you know if if one of the guys didn't understand the the, the what was going on in the drawing, that they could just consult the Navisworks model. That that seems like a really at least a, a, a nice interim step, right? So uh, right. kudos to them. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, so RFI is a is a huge issue. I mean, as far as you know, the the the, the constant. Uh, uh, I won't say pestering, but 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 there's there's lots of uh, lots of uh, conversations between the shop floor and engineering for sure. When I don't know that there really needs to be, or or maybe we could. I mean, there needs to be, but but maybe we could uh, refine it. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Exactly. So and then. Um, after doing some research on that point, um, so why are they very struggling to meet ship owners' expectation? If we go back to, um, there's 30% of the ship is designed when they start to build it. And the yeah. reason for that is to get to the first milestone, which is laying the keel. And that's yeah. when the um, that's when the shipyards hits his first milestone, gets some money in the door, and then can uh, invest on another process. So that's kind of the reason why there's only 30% of the ship that is designed. And we're, we kind of want to compare ourselves to other industry, and I'm, I'm guilty of it, I do it every day. And I wanted to compare with the aircraft industry, and I spoke with a friend, uh, engineer, that uh, that industry and they were saying that our the shipbuilding industry is very special because if we compare to the aircraft industry which has they all have a 3d model mm-hmm. tested fully tested because they need to have every part in that model to be able to do some simulation so yeah. there's nothing cut there's nothing done before all testing are done on the aircraft. Yep. And one of the reasons why is that is because usually the owner is the builder. Or if the owner is going to purchase from the builder, they can choose from a catalog. I know there's design agent that are kind of wanting to go there, but mm-hmm. depending on where you're going to build your ship, who's going to build it, and so on and so forth, it's not a catalog like the aircraft industry will never kind of be able to go there and ship owner is going to say, yeah, I want exactly this, that color. So they are just going to take that 3D model and change it. Even with sister ship, there's different between model and model. So yeah, I, I, I just wanted to, to 
put a little glance uh, to compare to that aircraft industry and uh, to kind of say how much we're unique as an industry to only build 30% of the ship, uh, only design 30% of the ship when building start. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's a couple things there. The first one is uh, let's let's make sure that we're clear that the, the the fundamentals of when we're talking about shipbuilding, the fundamentals of the design, the naval architecture, you know, the stability and things like that are, are mostly yep. complete. So when we talk about thirty percent, what we're talking about really is the detailed design. And 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 I have, I, we were talking about this earlier too. And I have kind of a problem with the way that the industry looks at that now anyway. And I, I think that we really, and we're going to talk about this a lot in, in future podcasts, but I think that we really need to relook at how we look at the digital prototype. You know what I mean? Because that's really yep. what's happening here is is, is we're designed, we're, we're, we have the opportunity to design 30% of the digital prototype before the physical asset starts construction. You know what I mean? And, and again, that that's to me a completely ridiculous way to look at it uh, when, other, you know, we have models of other industries who are, you know, basically they, they complete the design before they start construction. And I think that we really need to, to look at that too. Um, because it, when we don't do that and we're suffering from this, and it's something that you mentioned at the top of our podcast is rework, right? It's a huge problem, right? Because when you don't finish a design uh, and you start to actually build it, it means that, you know, down on the shop floor, we're having some issues with rework, right? So, so it, it, can we talk about that for a bit? Yeah, and in terms of rework, again, I'm gonna still kind of go glance with another industry. Yep. I want to talk about streamlined manufacturing, which right. is one of the, the the more efficient tool to be able to reduce rework because your manufacturing is streamlined you avoid waste times uh, rework you avoid uh, wasted steel and so on and so forth there's so much value to that and who made really is bread and butter from streamlined manufacturing it's Henry Ford when absolutely Henry yeah, Ford that that industry the car industry is so good at that they're able to build one car exactly the same with having multiple stakeholders all around the world. They call that decentralization of uh, building. And mm -hmm. they have multiple stakeholders, parts going there, there. They build it and all cars are the same to some extent. There are probably some small tweaks here and there, but mm -hmm. they're the same and they're able to really streamline that process because they know exactly what they're building right up front yeah and we're we're not doing that um because in that industry as well the owner don't have the choice to modify very specific things on the car I can yeah, only modify the collar, Bluetooth, right. uh, the yep. mag, and so on and so forth. But if we look at if we look at a, a ship, I want to change that pump. I want to put that pump there and go there. That there's so much changes um, aligned to that compared to um, the the color of my seats, right? Exactly right. Yeah. 
The I had I had the fortune to work for a, a Florida production builder uh, for a while, and we very much had like an assembly line approach because we were you know building four or five hundred boats a year. I'm sure, right? Uh, uh, you know uh, the the owner of our company uh, also had a similar experience uh, working for a production production builders, and what's that? That's exactly the thing. Is is you. The, the customers aren't, can't change everything, right? So, so we, we, we've spent a year, sometimes two years, doing all the engineering, uh, working out all the, the, the production stuff. And then when it hit the shop floor, the, you know, the, 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 per, the customer buying the boat could change a few things, just like you said, some colors here, yeah. you know, you could choose from a different color palette or whatever. We had a specific custom shop that if a customer really wanted big changes, then we'd, we'd say, okay, you, you buy the stock boat, but then we're going to take the stock boat when it's finished and we're going to put it in the custom shop and we can do whatever you want with it then. But guess what? We're, you know, you're, you're not, you're getting charged on top of that, right? You know what I mean? Because we're going to have to do more engineering. We're going to have to do more stuff to make sure your vessel is safe, to make sure that it can handle all that extra power you want to throw in or whatever. Right. So, so yeah, you're absolutely right in, in, in the case that, uh, that we, again, are we we kind of need I think a, a, a paradigm shift in this whole uh, in in this whole business where where you know we're at least able to finish the the um, the, the the digital prototype before we we start building the physical asset and that of course is not the case right now and I and I think we also need to look at it in terms of uh, and again we'll talk about this in future podcasts. Uh, the way milestone payments come down the stream, right? That that the, right. that the digital prototype should also have its own set of milestone payments associated with it and everything else. But I mean, that's another conversation, but yeah, you're absolutely right. So, so what we're saying is, is that there's not a whole lot of rework going on on the shop floor at Ford, right? Because they, they, there's no big changes yeah. that are rolling out through the production line where the engineers are going, stop, you know, we're changing how far apart the, the wheels are, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right? Exactly right. So, so, so it's, so it's, so it's exactly that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's an excellent point and something that I think we really should be paying attention to in, in our business. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I found an interesting stat. Uh, so according to Stopford, the cost of building a merchant ship is composed of 27% of overhead costs. Right. So overhead costs, there's multiple things in that. Um, and there's some overhead, there's some industry that um, have overhead costs that are more than that. Um, mm-hmm. But even, I, I think that's 27% speak a lot about the amount of rework and the capacity of the ship owner to change um, some things during the building process because they were not able to approve the whole thing before it starts. So um, that allow um, some of, of that to happen. And uh, so what do you think about that 27% uh, of overhead cost uh, related to the amount of rework that were, were needed to be done on a ship? Yeah, I think that, uh, the, like you said, uh, you know, 27% is 
I mean, it, it is a it is a relatively high number, and it would be great if we could get that that number down. And and certainly, if we talk about things like engineering change orders, like there's usually in a in a, in a shipbuilding contract, there's a, there's an engineering change order mechanism where if if a customer wants something changed, uh, significant or or even small, that yep. uh, that that all of that gets captured in this document that that has an impact on the cost, that has an impact on the delivery date, and on, on the design in general. Uh, I would argue that that these engineering change orders or, or the or the mechanism doesn't capture everything, and it is actually driving overhead even up further because we're not catching all of these things, and and it, and it, and it again because the the ship is sitting in that slot so much longer than probably it should, uh, you know we always have delays in in finishing projects, right? And and yep. again, it, I think it boils back to the original uh, issue with uh, not finishing the design and all of this rework because of changes throughout the design process certainly keeps the vessel in that slot much longer than anticipated, which drives the 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 uh, up overheads everywhere. Uh, so, so again, it's the kind of thing where as we build efficiency uh, into the design or sorry, into the manufacturing process, that exact same efficiencies, they need to go up into the design process as well. And I, I, you know, let's even stop calling it design. Like when we, when we talk detailed design, really what we're doing is we're building the digital prototype, right? Yep. The design, the design is complete. The naval architects and engineers have handed off the design to the shipyard and the shipyard has this f- completed design from that point of view. And now the shipyard in conjunction with their, with their partners, right? Whether they, the partners are subcontractors or not are actually physically, they're not physically, they're digitally building the ship first, right? And so, so I, I'd like of us to think of it in in that sense. Uh, and again, the problem is just like you said earlier. It's it's we, we're starting the physical build while only thirty percent of the prototype, the digital prototype, is finished. So it's again, it's just ridiculous. All right. So enough about the problem. There's a solution for the shipbuilder today. We we talked a lot about the problem around milestone, but what? can the shipbuilders do today to improve um, improve that and meet shipowners' expectation better? So we can leverage our 3D model. That's really, we talked about that a little bit earlier in the podcast. And there's process that unlock information within 3D model to give shipbuilder an advantage. Um, and who's unlocking the 3D model today? I wanted to see that a little bit, and um, I did some research, uh, and we actually spoke with uh, Chantier de l'Atlantique, and they're able to leverage that 3D model on tablets on the shop floor, and for them, they're building cruise ship, so they have multiple of s- multiple small um, rooms that they need to assemble all together. And when they were arriving in the ceiling um, to assemble piping assembly, they wanted to make sure to align everything together because you're assembling, for example, the the hallway, but when you will arrive and put all the cabins, it all need to fit penetration, so on and so forth, right? Same height and so So they were using that 3D model in order to be able to align everything. And um, so it's a simple way uh, for them to 
leverage that 3D model and avoid what we were saying earlier, the guess, right? Right, the guess. Oh, now I'm going to guess this is good there, right? <laughs> oh, gee. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and, and I think that Chantier d'Atlantic is, is, is probably a... They're they're a model that we can look towards because they they they've kind of they're really sort of advanced when it comes to uh, you know leveraging that 3D model, uh, especially for for MI on the shop floor and so on. But I I think even yeah. you know the the yards here in in North America can still you know because most most yards now are, are utilizing a 3D model for 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 creating all of all of the the 2D right. MI that's going to the shop floor so 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 i think that that everyone has the opportunity now to to even use that that 3D model to again to answer to answer more questions to to be able mm-hmm. to to uh you know help help rework from happening uh, to, to keep it from happening on the shop floor as much as possible. So yeah, I, I think that, that that's definitely something that we should be working on pushing the, the in, in the industry for sure. Is is more the 3D model. I know I keep going back to it, William, but but I keep talking about having that 3D model complete before work starts, and I think that that would eliminate so many headaches. Uh, I think we're a ways out from that, but but yeah, even now we can still use whatever we have in terms of the 3D model, and we can leverage that thing on the shop floor to to help uh, you know uh, minimize the amount of rework and minimize the amount of RFI, minimize all of the things that we've been talking about through this podcast. Yeah. And if we thought we were talking about 2D accuracy yeah. and uh, rework, and if where everyone's working off the same 3D model, then the accuracy that you need to have starting the project, that 2D drawing, it's evolving in time, right? As the the, the model is updating. So we, it's hard to be able to compare that 3D model with the 2D drawings that it's stuck in time. Yeah. The 3D model is always moving yep. uh, and there's revision updating. So you're able to really work all the time from the latest version. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so as that, yeah. Yeah, so I, that's an excellent point. And, you know, so you might have one drawing in your in your work pack that is revision B and two two drawings down in the work pack is revision F. Right, and, yep. and they're, they're, they don't drive with each other anymore, and this is this is a problem of our FI, right? You know, because revision F is obviously a, a much later iteration than revision revision A or revision B, and and this is definitely the issue. Where whereas what we're advocating is 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 definitely leveraging more of that 3D model on the shop floor, where you always have the latest, you always have the latest and greatest, right? It's not that you you're you're worrying about you know five different drawings not agreeing with each other because there are different revision dates, right? So, yeah, yep. absolutely the case. You know, in some ways we're all, we're all we're you we're using the model all, already, but but this is this is definitely a, a good argument for you know. I don't, it's going to be a while before we get rid of 2D altogether. I'm, I'm pretty sure, uh, but but yeah, definitely. And, and we can so we can use that model as an authoritative source of truth, right? And we know we have several authoritative sources of truth, but from a structural point of view, especially uh, th- th- that 3D model is uh, to me, you using it more on the shop floor is going to eliminate some of those headaches for sure. Yeah, and for sure there's going to be a transition and I think that what's important in that transition is to make sure that 
you know what difference are from the drawings and the uh, the model to be able to avoid having to order uh, the wrong part or order something or build something wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's so many value in being being able to really see what's wrong on that 2D drawing with having the 3D model with you. I was, as I was talking earlier with one of my customers, only Navis work will kind of help you a little bit with that, but Navis work is a file. It's it's stuck in time, right? right? Yeah, it's the same uh, thing. So it's yeah. not, yeah, it's the same thing. So it's not evolving, but if you always have the latest file, at least you're kind of able to, with that file, make sure that even if the drawing, the file is revision F, the drawings is revision A, with the 3D model, it's easier to see difference, but... Yeah. You bet. And it gives yeah, you context too, right? It's it certainly... Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you bet. And um, uh, with another shipyard, uh, we're working with the shipyard that has started to build a 100 feet ship with only a few blocks done in detailed design. And it it's crazy to kind of, oh, okay, yeah, they're laying off the keel. Eh? <laughs> they're, they're starting to work. Okay, which block did we do all these oh okay and they have a, a, a 3d model moving in time yep. and that helps them a lot and they have automation in the background that helps them to to update revision so they don't need to open every drawing manually to change revision right so when you arrive on the shop floor because for them it's important when there's on the shop floor it's all the same number of revision for at least a block, right? right? Yeah. Because if you're in one block and you have different, it's so for them that helped a lot to be able to automate some process all around that 3D model. But yeah, yeah. So there's ways to leverage that 3D model uh, in a process to to be unlock to to be able to unlock some uh, capability and. Uh, given advantage right yeah absolutely the case yeah you bet super interesting topic and i know we're going to come back to this uh, uh lots For and sure. lots yeah you bet so so I, I think kind of to 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 sum up uh you know we we think that uh you know using the 3d model uh will will help ship shipyards to basically be able to to minimize the amount of rework uh, even though we're, we still need the paradigm shift, and I'm going to keep harping on that until it happens. Uh, but for now, yeah. uh, for now, we can help uh, help shipyards meet uh, uh, to more closely meet owners' uh, requirements and, and ship owners' requirements uh, by by certainly uh, uh, you know spending time making figuring out ways to, to use that model more and more on the shop floor rather than relying so much on 2D drawings. Yeah. Like yeah, like right now, sure. right now the 3D model is like almost a support tool. And uh, I think that uh, the, the more that a, a shipyard leverages it, the, the, the better they'll get at it. And the more they'll realize that they can rely on the model more than yeah. they can on the 2D MI, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. And um, yeah, so we're, we're inviting everyone to go comment and uh, let us know what you think about that subject. And for us, um, we'll see you in, in two weeks. And in two weeks, we have another interesting subject. 
It's digital transformation is all about culture. Um, exactly. Yeah. We wanted to to dig more in that to to talk about about all the technologies that are out there. But the most important thing is having the right people in your business, right? Absolutely the case, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Yep. Excellent. All right. Have thanks, Will. Great week, everyone. Yep. Talk soon. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, go to our website, innovmarine.com slash bridgewatch. And uh, we have a space there for you to put comments and questions. Be part of the conversation. We'll see you in two weeks to chat more about the exciting news in our industry, to chat more about what it's coming in terms of innovation, how can we make our industry better. And like Winston said, share our comments there. And who knows, maybe your subject will be the next topic of our show. Thank you, and see you in two weeks. See you in two weeks.